fascinating gadgets, gizmos, and gear-based technologies. Welcome to FGGBT. Now, this is the show that takes your favorite fictional science and technology, and we make it a reality. We are the Brain Trust. I am the analytical mastermind, Daniel J. Glenn. With me, the physics phenom, Dr. Michael Dennett. Dan, it is so awesome to be here. I just, you know, I love the shows you pick. I'm in a minor existential crisis. I'm trying to figure out which version of me I am. Um, that, other than that, you know, life is good. Aren't we all, Dan? And aren't we really trying to figure out who we really are? Uh, I think that that's true. I know that's true for me. Uh, but I know it's not true for one person who has never been more solidly informed on who he is as a person, as an entity, and as an engineer. And that is our enigmatic engineer, Ben Seepser. Ben, how are things going up there on the brain station? Dan, I'm so glad that you think I have my self-image so well put together. Um, and I think part of that is because... I don't think about it too much because I have this great new streaming service up here on the Brain Station. There's some awesome stuff on here. And curiously, there's a show called Dan is Awful. Do you know anything about this, Dan? <laughs> um, it looks good. I'm really wondering what it's all about. Well, it sounds like my real life. So it may just it's a reality show uh, that kind of <laughs> cameras follow me around. Uh, <laughs> some of my friends would say that that's probably very accurate. And, you know, it's definitely accurate for our main character. This is part two of our... Black Mirror series, uh, I said that correctly, and we're talking about Joan is Awful, which is this episode on uh, this particular series called Black Mirror, and it is about a woman who finds out that her favorite streaming surface has produced a show about her life that's quasi-fictionalized. That is everywhere. You know, all of her co-workers are seeing it. You know, it affects her job. It affects her world. And, you know, uh, it's, it's a kind of an incredible situation she finds herself in. And it's one that, you know, I'm surprised Netflix allowed this to be made because this particular episode really takes a deep dive into how do we own ourselves? Do companies, do data companies, are they allowed to replicate our likeness, uh, our, our, you know, our bodies, our faces, make us do things? And if we sign it away, what can they make us do? This is what there's writer strikes and actor strikes going on right now. So this cuts at the heart of AI, computer technology, and all of this, guys. So, you know, I know it's a funny, silly episode with one of our favorite actresses, at least mine, Selma Hayek, and Annie Murphy. But it's just, there's a lot of devious, dark stuff that they're really getting at, you know. And I know, Denon, you you uh, are right in the middle of this. Well, you know, because <laughs> I'm not sure which one I am. Um, but right. I, do, I do think, I mean, I will say, Dan, you know, I felt like, okay, you know, what is Netflix doing here? Why are they letting this happen? And it, it shows one of two things, because um, in the middle, when they first watch the Streamberry show, it plays the Netflix sound when it comes on. Right, yeah, yeah. Right, right. which is super cool in my mind, right? Because it means either <laughs> right. the evil members of the Netflix, like, you know, leadership were not mm. paying attention. Right, yeah. <laughs> or... Right. or you know, there's more goodness in the world than you usually give it credit for, Dan. And people are, you know, people at Net there's some people at Netflix who are like, you know what? We're going to have both a little fun and take a shot at, you know, the evilness of the empire here um, from within. So, you know, there's a little bit of good wins out in this from my perspective. 
You are such a Pollyanna optimist, Dan, and I think this has to do with money. The answer to all your questions is money, and I think the show is popular, and it makes money, and that's what makes them happy. I don't know that they are good people that want to see this, that like getting poked fun at, but I do love your enthusiasm and your optimism, Dan. It always puts a smile on my face. Yeah. I, I worry this is like, you know, the Terminator slowly walking, you know, at us, you know, it doesn't need to run, yeah. you know, they're, they're putting their cards on the table because they're like, what are you going to do about it? You know, uh, it's it, this is really, you know, this show is really the nightmare scenario for what people think is going on. Right. I mean, this is so Joan is awful is a show about a show. I mean, talk about being meta. This is a show about a show that's really an instantaneous CGI created program. And Streamberry, uh, the, the Netflix equivalent, is using deep fake technology by people either w- having willingly or unwillingly given away the like their rights to their likeness using AI powered television, you know, a whole digital system that cranks out content, writing, acting, directing. Uh, at an incredible pace that's catered to you or uses your life to entertain others. And they use quantum computing where they're creating full content multiverses that just spring into existence with you as the center. These are content worlds that are specifically catered to what you want. I mean, all of this working in unison to create this, you know, beautiful dystopia. Uh, I, I have to say, this is a far-reaching concept, and I can't tell if it's accurate, guys. I can't tell if we are seeing that this convergence of technology where it will create content just for you. I don't know, but it was a great deep dive. And then, and I know your tastes are very particular. I don't know if it could quite capture you. It might not be able to. I I, I want to say there is so much technology in those last thirty seconds you just said, Dan. I know that it's a lot. it I'm is sorry. almost <laughs> almost impossible to unpack. Um, but what what I find fascinating about this is it's a weird blend of what I think is already happening, what could happen, and what is just outright silly. Um, and so mm-hmm. um, I don't know where to even go first. I'm going to start with the thing that scares me the most, right? Okay. Yeah. Which is let's go to fear. I like fear. Let's go to fear first, right? You know how it, it is. It is very clear in the show that the AI script writing is actually not quite AI script writing. It really is taking the, your life as the core, and the core of Joan is awful is almost all that Joan is actually doing. Right. They vary it. Mm-hmm. They dramatize it a little bit. But it is pretty much, you know, one for one, exactly what Joan is doing. And the question is, how do you know what she's doing? And the answer in the show is you have your cell phone with you at all times. Right. Mm-hmm. And so really the, the technology of surveillance, um, which is, you know, my kids and I argue over how much, you know, our phones are actually listening to us. And they refuse right. to let us put any of those, you know, um, Alexa or anything in the house because they didn't want to hear any of that listened to. So that, Dan, mm-hmm. is the technology. When you say, what do we already have? I think yeah. the listening into us is 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 there at a scary level. Huh. I didn't even consider that, Dan, and that's that's really interesting. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ben. I, I was just considering <laughs> what, ben, what Dan had maybe not considered until just now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the reality is that all of our devices can always be listening and while we don't actively enable that there's certain certainly passive stuff like that you know 
if if your phone can be woken up with you know an OK Google or a Hey Siri, um, hopefully I didn't just activate anyone else. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know that yeah. that works because the phone is always listening. And mm-hmm. there's now actually some interesting chips that are kind of built in now that so only it's not really listening. There's like a special very um, low power, very dumb chip that is listening for those keywords, and then it only turns on the real processing after it hears the keyword. But, you know, you don't necessarily have to do it that way. <laughs> well, you know, this brings up a scary personal uh, moment that I think I shared before on the show, which was I was giving a very impassioned speech to my team at a meeting. Um, <laughs> and it was inspired and I was doing all this. And as I stopped, my watch said, I'm sorry, I do not understand. Can you please rephrase that? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, very loud, and so everybody could hear. Um, it did lead to a humorous moment, but my watch was clearly trying to figure out, um, you know, what I wanted in that moment, and that that is just freaky. Well, I will tell you that that's the pinnacle of AI, right? I mean, I think comedy is very difficult. Timing is the key to comedy, and your watch, Siri, Alexa, Google nailed it perfectly. That's where I get scared, Denon, as uh, when they can really nail comedy perfectly. Um, but you know, this this idea of it listening in, I hadn't really thought about that because one of the things that's interesting, right, is when you start. Let's say you're in a everyone who's listening has heard this particular has had this particular instance. I know I just did last week where you talk about something with a friend or by yourself or on the phone. And suddenly in your various feeds that you're looking through, uh, whether it's Google or your social media or whatever, all of a sudden you start getting ads for that very specific thing that you never saw before. Uh, you, I have found article after article after article. I've heard argument after argument and how your phone doesn't listen to you, but it's all cookies in your, you know, internet browser or your, your ISP is involved or your computer. They, they know they have so much information about you. They can predict and all this. And there might be some truth to that, but I refuse to believe some of the things that I have only talked about and never looked for, and never, I'm, you know, you guys know my other show. I, uh, it's fast, if you don't, it's Fascinating Now. It's an interview show where I interview a wide range of people. So my interests vary widely, guys. So very rarely do I talk about two similar things. I'm hard to predict, and yet this happens. I don't know about you. You guys are less cynical than I am, but I, I find it very hard to believe that there's not some element of listening involved in this process. Well, this is a key tech difference, Dan, and I'm going to bring it right back to Jonah's awful. I, I, I do not actually know how much they're listening to me. I've given up years ago. I'm sure my identity stolen, and as soon as people tried to steal it, they realized how boring it was, so nothing bad has happened yet. Um, <laughs> they also realized how much debt I had, so they're like, well, I really don't want to steal that guy's debt. So let's, you know, I, I, I protect yeah. myself in, in, in an analog Brilliant. fashion, Dan, by only having negative money. <laughs> That's brilliant, then. That's actually that is such a brilliant analog protection system. That's I love that. Mm-hmm. So so that's how I go. But it shows, you know, in this show, when she's talking to her lawyer, the lawyer gives exactly the example you did. Have you said something and your phone picked it up and it shows up in your feed, right? Mm-hmm. If if they're just listening, what I don't understand is why do you need AI, right? They have her whole life, they have it mapped out. I mean, to put the small dramatic variations on, you just need a standard computer program with some like, you know, simple loops and codes. You do not need AI to do anything interesting with the amount of detail they claim to have on her. Whereas 
with like the cookies and all the other stuff, yeah. right? Gathering information on you, the role of AI is to predict what you want to do. And I was talking with a person once and we were trying mm -hmm. to figure out, is there something non-creepy we could do to help students? Where like you, you would, students would get a message and say, you know, you might want to consider doing this. It would help you with your studies or do better. Um, I can only think of creepy ways of using that, but you know, maybe there's a non-creepy way. Um, and he pointed out, it's no different than Amazon the goal is to tell you what you need before you realize you need it, but it is what you need, so when it tells you it, it feels perfectly normal, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. that is, like, that's an AI thing, whereas tracking everything you say and then doing it is just dumb, normal computer programming. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, hmm. for, like, serving you an ad or something, you know, if, if I say, you know, wheelbarrows and then now I get ads for wheelbarrows you know that that's that's an easy thing there but I think punching up a script on your life would probably need some AI um, I, I think you know especially with what you see in the show which is awful where it you know pick, figures out ways to dramatize and amp up the the awfulness I really think that you would want an AI to kind of you know pick from its libraries of dram dramatic moments to you know, figure out how to fit things in and make it better. Yeah, Denny, you said, well, Denny, you said your life's boring, right? I mean, <laughs> you might want to employ your watch AI to come in and punch things up for your script, right? I mean, well, <laughs> that may be something you need to do. I, so, I, again, I agree, gentlemen, that there could be, it depends on the degree of punching up. Now, I, mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily a huge expert in this, but in watching the show, I mm -hmm. felt the changes they made to Joan's life were small enough that if I think of the first generation of, say, chess solvers, they were not AI. They were just deep algorithms mm -hmm. with a lot of choices. I, I think you could have more than enough. Here are the 10 ways to make someone's life more dramatic based on what they're doing. Because the factual, I mean, as a spoiler, right mm -hmm. alert there's a moment where the joan in reality level one or whatever we call it goes wait a minute i don't have a choice it's whatever joan does next oh she's doing this now i'm doing it right it was a great mm -hmm. moment mm -hmm. in the show from my perspective because it really showed they weren't ai generating the plot they were waiting for yeah. joan to do stuff yeah they were taking that exactly and perturbing it a little now you might you might find AI is faster and more efficient, Ben, but all I'm arguing is you don't need AI for that. Yeah, I don't think you necessarily need it, but I think you might want it to be sure it's more natural and fits with what we expect from a dramatic show. Not necessarily a real person, but from a dramatic show itself. Like when we see like the eye rolls she makes and things like that um, in the simulation version after like firing the person and things like that. To me, those are the kinds of of dramatics that you would an AI would pick up on more than like a program like a, a dumb program would. See, I'm I'm gonna have to disagree with you, Ben, because you just listed, you know, all the good things and a good program will have its database of things. Whereas AI being dumb, an argument we've had before in pattern matching, might occasionally <laughs> like like it makes the mistake of instead of looking for dogs, it's actually looking for snow. AI is more likely to make the really, really bad mistake and ruin your rating, whereas a list of good dramatic um, eye rolls will be picked very easily. So I'm, I'm, I'm very anti-AI, sorry. Um, it's wow, just AI enough. is uh, badly named. It's actually quite dumb. Well, here, let me, let me say this. So I think one of the things that's interesting, I think I sent us down a little rabbit hole here, right? Because <laughs> Joan is Awful is about the show Joan is Awful, right? But the bigger concept here, the thing that I latched onto 
was the idea that the company, Streamberry, is not just creating that show. They're creating a whole bunch of shows using all the technology that you didn't want to get into earlier, Dennis. Because uh, I, I did. It was a lot. But that that the singularity of all of that technology coming together to fruition to an entertainment revolution that might be inevitable where you turn on your a streaming service and it's only showing you shows that you like that were made for you specifically and may or may not show up on anyone else's individual streaming service. To me, that mm-hmm. was an almost revolutionary concept that I haven't seen on a show before, but is in fact, strangely mimicking real life and what's happening. I mean, you know, uh, this is the part that I thought was super interesting. I'm really with you on that, Dan. Um, And that's where the quantum computer part was a cool technology. Like, I would argue AI helps with making it individual, um, but it's it's computer power. Um, Mm -hmm. And computer power, if we ever get it, you're only going to get that level of computer power ultimately from quantum computing. So it was one time they threw out a buzzword. They didn't really explain how it worked. And I think they actually made fun of not knowing how the quantum computer worked at, sure. at, in a very good way because uh, mm-hmm. no one really does, even the people working on it. But I do think yeah. that was a moment that I think was actually correctly naming a technology we're working on, we're getting closer to, and would be needed to do this. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because – you know, if I think about my YouTube feed, Dan, Dan mm-hmm. and your YouTube feed, mm-hmm. they are so customized. Like, mm-hmm. you would look at what I see on YouTube and, go, and probably be like, "Ugh, what is all this crap? And I would probably say the same about your probably. YouTube feed. Definitely. And, and you know, I'm, I'm sure it's the same thing with this, like, personalized thing. Now, you know, you take that next step and start AI generating stuff for each other. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even imagine how clever... Um, these these feeds would be if not only are you making picking shows that only I would like, but creating shows that only I would like. I, you know, I'd be very curious to find out what an AI thought my perfect show is, and I'd be curious to hear what the audience thinks an AI would think their perfect show <laughs> so is. So am I. I am very yeah. Please answer that one. I would love to know that. Well, so here's yeah, leave what's, it in the comments. Yeah, leave it in the comments down below. I think they're all still down below. Uh, so here's what what's kind of interesting about this is Joan is awful is really. It turns out to be a very negative show about Joan's life. You know, I I have kind of have my my reservations as to whether she is actually awful or not, but it is called Joan is awful. And for sure they paint her in a negative light. And this is interesting because, you know, I think as we've seen, you know, I've seen a couple of documentaries on how social media works, especially meta, you know, engagement is driven strongly by negativity. People engage Mm -hmm. and react, you know, and comment and, you know, and dislike or whatever. They engage with the stuff that really gets them going. And typically that's negative. They always do better. It's the ultimate form of negging because that self-perpetuating cycle and, and just like in this show, we see her constantly engaging with the show about her that's negative where she can't ignore it. And it becomes the thing that is driving the show you know, in and of itself, it becomes this strange paradox. And, you know, I find it interesting that, you know, in these negative algorithms, what if we just incentivize positivity, right? You could mm-hmm. just do that with these algorithms and switch it around, but it's not what we see in real life. And it's definitely not what we see on the show. Well, Dan, we will definitely answer that question. 
But mm-hmm. before we do, we have to recognize yeah. there is one successful example of positivity um, and also of shared love that AI would clearly generate for everyone F triple GBT merch. Oh. Um, th- there is no doubt mm. in my mind that your feed would regularly pause and say, you know what? Have you used your mug today? And that would generate feelings of positivity, Dan, only. Um, yes. And so there is a counterexample to the negativity in the world, and we bring it through mm-hmm. our merch. Absolutely. And that is not just about money. We are not like the Netflix. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Leadership of the world. It involves money, but it's not all about money. Right. Yeah. And and there are a few things as satisfying as the you know the smoothness of the of the opening and closing of the water bottle from Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos and Gear Based Technology. So you know if if you want to feel positive, you know that mechanical motion, that's some good stuff right there. <laughs> it, it certainly is, and I will tell you that I love you showing off all of the features because I have a feature that I want to show you on this great shirt. Besides the brilliant emoji versions of us. Uh, it is fine fabric that kind of <laughs> clings to the skin without making you feel claustrophobic. It's extraordinarily comfortable. Mm. They come in many sizes uh, and many different flavors. We even have some with uh, with brilliant quotes on them. More stuff is coming. FGGBT.com backslash merch. You escape from negativity, Denon. Uh, I love that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it is. But, you know, it, it's interesting what you point out. And I think there's a subtle. I agree. I, I, w- I agree, Denon. It's always interesting what you point out, Dan. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of subtlety in this show that impressed me both times I watched it around the negativity. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I feel like there's a couple of different things going on. Uh, One is, as you pointed out, it is definitely true that the whole um, social media space gets more and more negative. Just in my time of using social media. And it is an interesting feedback, right, that, that feeds... Um, people's adrenaline. Um, mm-hmm. News has gotten more negative. You know, it, it always says, you know, the negative news sells. Why don't we get more positive news? If it bleeds, it leads, Denon. That's, I mean, exactly. that's what I always learned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is interesting to me that sort of in TVs and movies, it's a mix still, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you still have uplifting things that can show up in TVs and movies. Um, and you still have comedies and you still have other things. So, this is really saying in the TV space, it's all going to be negative, and that negative feedback about you will suck you in. And I think the show shows hmm. the its own self-destruction of that. I'm going to come back to that, but but it is it is you know something that I've always wondered why not the more positive. I'm with you on that, Dan. I have some thoughts though, but I think it's we're seeing that the TV and movie is yeah. staying more positive right now than maybe. Maybe that gives us some hope. I don't know. Yeah, I like that they pointed that out. I mean, in their explanation, you know, they said they first tested like, you know, Bill is awesome or whatever (laughs) the title was. (laughs) And and no one watched it because no one wants to see their friend be cool. And odds are he wasn't actually cool. So (laughs) it's it's hard to, uh, you know, it's less believable to amp up somebody being cool, I think, than them making crappy decisions that hurt their friends somehow or coworkers. Um, So... I, I get that, and I, and I understand that that is how our algorithms, unfortunately, are engineered, is to, you know, controversy makes clicks, and clicks are what feed the algorithm to do more of that. Well, I want to say one thing really quickly, is there is a, a Twitter feed that I, uh, that I have been uh, made aware of and that I follow regularly, and it is only adorable pictures of animals doing cute stuff, and <laughs> I would spend hours on that. 
Uh, <laughs> that makes me feel nice and positive. And I really enjoyed that feeling. You know, one recently was a little mouse in the rain giving himself uh, a little bath. What is cuter than that? I mean, come on now. And we need more of that stuff in our life. And maybe it's animals will save us. Maybe that's really what the answer is. But I think there's room for positivity out there. And I don't know why people don't enjoy it more. Well, I think here's the problem, Dan. It's short-term okay. versus long-term. And okay. I do think, you know, evolutionarily, humans, for most of our lives, have lived under fear and danger, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think we are a bit addicted to the adrenaline rush. We are aware of the negative, right? And we, we get sucked into that. But if you think yeah, about right. people's sort of favorite TV shows, movies, cat videos, dog videos, cute animal videos, right? The, the point of the stress and the adrenaline that, and, uh, is always to end up with the happy ending, right? Okay. This is the great conflict in America, right? On our news and our social media, we're going down this negative loop. But Americans are nothing if not about the happy ending, right? Oh, Good absolutely. always triumphs over evil. The underdog always wins, right? Superhero, not a supervillain, Denon. Superhero, not a supervillain. Mm -hmm. Because ideally, the adrenaline rush of the danger led to you living, not getting eaten by the tiger, <laughs> yeah, right? right? So right. evolutionary, yeah. right? The negative <laughs> is the short-term trigger, but the positive long-term outcome. And I would argue this is where the streamberry messes up. They, their okay. research showed how good the negative was. The total awesome shows probably had no stress, Ben. That's why they didn't do well. You need the mm -hmm. right level stress. But sure. this particular test of Jonas Awful ends with a hatchet to the company. It actually mm -hmm. ends yeah. with America's happy ending, right? Joan the sure. underdog wins. She gets her happy ending. She gets a coffee shop. Now she has a bracelet. <laughs> yeah. Ankle but bracelet, she, yeah. She has an but she has a new friend. She has a coffee Famous, shop. A celebrity friend. And a celebrity yeah. friend. Sure. And she got to take an axe to the company that messed with her. Like yeah. what yeah. what more American happy ending is that? So I it's think true. the company did not understand its own research message. <laughs> well, I, I think that's true, but Dr. But if you think about the happy ending, it's always led in by by the stress of the rest exactly. of the show. And and no show has or certainly no show has a happy ending really almost in like modern um, like drama prestige television. It's only like the last finale episode that has the happy ending. You have seasons mm -hmm. of cliffhangers and stress. And I think that's that's the theory here, you know, and the theory of the news. You know, the thing that keeps you watching is you keep having these stress and cliffhangers and terribleness until this happy ending. And the reality is the news is never going to give us that happy ending because otherwise we'd, we'd stop watching. <laughs> That really is the interesting challenge for an entertainment company, right? Mm -hmm. Like, when you're doing entertainment, you, you do have to kind of balance the good with the bad and have enough mm -hmm. happiness that people don't come and attack you with an ax, right? Like, this, mm -hmm. is, this is the fundamental problem is you don't want to push home humans over the edge. And this is why I do worry about social media and the news. I don't think they understand the long-term consequences to society of the negative feedback loop. Now, maybe there'll be enough cute animal threads, Dan, that you're exactly right, and that'll save us and keep us from re revolting against these people that only feed us the negative, um, and we won't, we won't, you know, lose it with a hatchet and go after them. <laughs> Well, I, I think that, well, so two things that I have to say. Number one, all of the bad things are, you know, from the master film and television, they're called obstacles that your protagonist <laughs> has to go through. Otherwise, if you're just watching him sit around and drink coffee all day, 
No one's watching that show. Right. Uh, Number two, I have to take a strong stance against your argument that they don't understand what they are doing to society. Uh, I would replace don't understand with don't care. I think this is the same. That's true Mm -hmm. of like cigarette executives. You know, it's not like they didn't know they were killing people. (laughs) They just didn't care because you make more money by not caring than you do by caring. Uh, And I but I stand strongly by your agree your your statement that we need more cat videos and dog videos and animal videos in our life. Uh, one thing we don't need in our life, guys. Uh, really quickly as we wrap this up, because we have to talk about the thing that gets everyone into trouble, and this is a strange kind of evolution. A legal evolution that we're going to talk about, which you know none of us are experts on, but that has never stopped us from talking about anything before. Uh, but this idea that you know when we when we're watching the show, celebrities are actively signing away their likeness to Streamberry. You know, Selma Hayek, Annie Murphy. You know, they 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 consciously and actively sign their you know willingly I should say sign it away for money. They get involved when they don't like what their character that's. The, the CGI version of them is doing on screen, which is what the actual person is really doing. That's when they get mm-hmm. involved, but they're still getting paid for it. They've agreed to allow them to use their likeness. They just don't like what's really happening. Now, for Joan, real life Joan, what's happened is she has, like all the people listening to this, have mm-hmm. agreed to an end user agreement that in it somewhere says that they give you her likeness. Now, I am one of the weird people that often reads these end user agreements and they are getting <laughs> crazier and crazier. Uh, I just had an experience where I was uh, offered, uh, I was going to get a job that um, asked me to do something that had nothing to do with my face being on screen, but they wanted permission to have my likeness. That's very strange. That's a very strange situation that seems to be coming more and more uh, prevalent because people want to have your likeness because now they can replicate it and do it very cheaply without actually having to get your stupid dumb face on screen. They can just do it digitally. So my point is, these are two ways that both all the characters in this movie got kind of entangled with Streamberry and were allowed to have their face make them do things that they didn't want to do uh, and had no legal recourse to avoid it. Well, I, I think they're 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 obviously very interesting in two different cases, Dan. I do think for the actresses um, and Selma Hayek, I think expressed it very clearly to her lawyer. Um, this was a mess up of the lawyers. Like if you're mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. paying lawyers to um, read your contracts, um, you would expect them to catch these things before you sign it, mm-hmm. not after you sign yeah. it. Um, right. Particularly if there's clauses explicitly about defecating in churches, which there seemed to be in her <laughs> in her contract. <laughs> I would guess that, that, so. That, yeah. that seemed like something that would catch the eye, let me just say. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it's, yeah, it's truly wild to me that the lawyers didn't catch this and you said they're getting paid for this i hope they're getting paid for this i hope they're getting the residuals from all these is awful shows because mm-hmm. you know if i look at the contracts they ju- the um the amptp just tried to shove through uh you didn't get residuals for the use of your likeness you got the one-time payment exactly. at best yeah <laughs> yeah i mean selma did make the comment she was getting paid she didn't clarify how and she mm-hmm. made the comment that um What's his face? She named somebody else was definitely getting paid more, even though they were going to claim that she was getting paid the same. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Now, now again, Jones signing the end user contract, Dan, that I, I mean, I I am as guilty as anyone, despite being a physics phenom of not mm-hmm. reading those, because that's a lot of words and words hurt mm-hmm. a physics brain. You are not alone. That's by design. Dan. <laughs> 
Yep. No, it is. Mm-hmm. Play the cynic. I, I, I am sort of waiting for the point, like food labels and stuff, where at some point um, there, there is regulation around what these have to be, how simple they have to be, what's in or not in them. I don't know mm-hmm. if that will ever happen. I know a lot of people um, are against government regulation. There are a few places where I am just lazy enough. I actually would like the government um, to step in and help me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and end user mm-hmm. agreements is a space. I, I think I'd be open to a little, you know, regulation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there should probably be a regulation there that like an agreement like that should be, have to be if, if you're presenting an agreement to the general population, it should have to be something that the general population can understand. <laughs> oh, you, oh, they shouldn't have to have a law degree to understand it, Ben? Is that yeah. what you're saying? Uh, the general population shouldn't have to be a doctor of, of, of juris or whatever it is? Yeah. yeah. I'm actually a little <laughs> exactly. more extreme than Ben. I think the law should state that any end user agreement has to be in 20 point font, no longer than one page of paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. um, and, and and understandable at a third grade reading level. I love all of yeah. this stuff. <laughs> I mean, I think that's perfectly reasonable when you think about, you know, getting a, you know, 100 page document to, uh, you know, use the, you know, pizza delivery <laughs> app. Yeah, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Well, and it's and when you can I mean, this is just like the it's similar techniques, right? When people can get away with anything, even if you look at, you know, we don't get political. But if you look at in Congress, one of the things is that, oh, so this is going to get passed. So we sneak in laws that no one understands and no <laughs> mm-hmm. one reads. And all of a sudden it's law. And no one realized it. It's the same technique. Mm-hmm. People are going if people want to use the new social media, they're not thinking about reading, you know, a, consulting a lawyer before they sign, you know, to use, uh, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it's social media handles mm-hmm. we're going to talk about at the end of our show. You know, there's user and yeah. user agreements for all of those. It's insane. And, you know, for this. Joan gets kind of caught. She's not, you know, they're not going to offer her money. And so they've tricked her. If you can't get them to agree, you trick them and there is no yeah. payment. And, you know, this is where a lot of this stuff is going. And as you mentioned, the no residuals, Ben, that's very similar. I mean, residual payments, yeah. you know, in the old days of television, people weren't getting uh, rerun credits at all. That That's uh, mm-hmm. no one thought that was going to be possible either. And that was a lot yeah. of money out the window. I mean, even worse, she paid them. To steal her likeness. Oh my God, she sure did. <laughs> Ten ben, yeah. to the tune of what, fifteen dollars a month? <laughs> oh, exactly. Oh my God, that's awful, Ben. I, I, well, I'm usually this Mister. I'm usually Danny Dystopia. You, uh, you completely, you stole my gimmick. Uh, but that, ooh, that's terrifying. That's terrible. Uh, but this, you know, I have to tell you, this is a dystopian future that I can get behind the reality of. You know, we talk about some <laughs> mm-hmm. other things, then, and you deny the apocalypse. Yeah. This is the entertainment apocalypse, and I think it is upon yeah. us. And not only uh, is it possible, I think it's inevitable. Yeah. I mean, speaking of apocalypses, I don't understand why she didn't just, you know, sit at home and turn off her phone for a couple of days and kill the show. But <laughs> I guess she was too amped up on the negativity, the negativity to do that. That's exactly right. The negative feedback loop, it sucked you in. That's the thing to do. Just turn off the TV and just sit and stare at a wall. No one's uh, then you need AI to make it more interesting. Like Denon's yeah. Denon's mm-hmm. Denon's watch. Uh, he needs to start punching things up. Uh, but, you know, if there's anything that we miss, we talk about punching it up. We got to punch this. We got to punch this closed here. Uh, let's it's our airs, additions and omissions section. Things we wanted to talk about, but we didn't quite get to. Denon, is there anything about AI, Jonah's awful or even the spinoff Dan is awesome that you wanted to talk about? 
Well, I, I can't wait for Dan is Awesome. I'm ready to watch that. Um, you know, what, one of the things that I, I really found fascinating in the show is the, the timing of things, right? Mm-hmm. Because, again, the logic was we make a negative show about your life. They said it explicitly. That would provide feedback for you to keep watching it. But it was also very clear that they were showing this and creating in real time because you have the moment where Joan in this level one is standing there with the ax waiting to figure out what to do because she has to find out if Joan actually uses the ax or not. So Joan was clearly actually not watching her own show at, at in the real world because mm-hmm. she was generating it. So their basic premise that they're going to hook you on your own show is flawed given the timing and the way they released it. Um, so mm. their own demise was built into their strategy, Dan. Wow. So I think this is this is a lesson to TV executives everywhere. You do need to think a little bit um, about things other than just money. Just money might work in the short term, but eventually there's a woman with an ax coming for you. <laughs> and luckily, most TV mm-hmm. executives are watching this show and are taking our advice to heart, which is the good news. Exactly. That's the good yeah. news here. Mm-hmm. Uh, more good news. Ben, anything you missed that we wanted to talk about? You know, unfortunately, now I have a little bit of bad news for you because I was, you know, you were we were talking about the positivity of the animal videos. Oh no! But if I think about my favorite cat video, you know, I I, I prefer the cat the video of the cat, you know, knocking something off a counter and being a jerk to the you know cat being cuddly and cute. You know, yeah. e- even in the cat, even in the cute cuddly animal, you know, the animal being a jerk is kind of the more fun video to watch. Well, I don't know if we can take that seriously because you are an evil robot, Ben. Mm. That is true. And I, look, I love Tom and Jerry, and there's nothing more. <laughs> I mean, that is the epitome of that. So there might be something to that. Uh, one of the things, you know, one of the things that I wanted to talk about that uh, we didn't quite get to was that th- there was a, a Twilight, a remake of Twilight Zone in 1987 that I saw uh, that th- it was so interesting. It was basically about a guy who finds a camera in his bathroom and learns that he's been on a reality show for the past five years. And what made it so great is that no one knew that he that he didn't know he was being filmed. This is the Truman Show 20 years before the Truman Show. And it was just such an interesting concept that, you know, I wonder if it's actually going on today or if it would be something like this where you would find yourself on someone else's Streamberry account uh, that you never saw. And people are just, you know, voyeurs watching you. Uh, we live in a very voyeuristic mm. culture. Uh, but thank God for that, because that's where you find social media. If you want to be a voyeur <laughs> and if we missed anything, uh, you know, check us out on social media. If we've missed anything, the show is on Twitter at FGGGBTPod. It is on Facebook at FGGGBT, on the web, FGGGBT.com. You can send us an email, questions at FGGGBT.com. But you can get in touch with us individually. Denon, where can people find you? Well, you can find me on most of the major social media. Just flip my name at Denon Michael um, on Facebook. You got to stick a prof in there. Um, and if your phone hasn't let you know yet, I do now actually have a website, um, DenonMichael.com. There's just something about reversing my name I really like doing. I, I love it, Denon. Uh, I think it's fantastic. And it makes you unique. And that's the key to all of this. Uh, what about you, Ben? Where can people, speaking of unique, where can people find you? <laughs> You can find me on all the major social media networks at B Seepser. How do you spell that? You can spell that B S I E P S E R. 
And I can be found on Twitter at Daniel J. Glenn, on Instagram at the Daniel J. Glenn, and also Threads, I guess, is that same account. Facebook at Analytical Mastermind. And you can find my website, DanielJGlenn.com. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast channel, um, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And if you enjoyed this video, hit the like button, subscribe, and ring that bell so you never miss an episode. And finally, this show contains powerful information that can be misused by those hell-bent on world domination. So you must take it and do good with it. Remember, when given the choice, always be a superhero, never a supervillain. So until next time, thank you for listening. Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies is a Glencoe production and is produced by me, Daniel J. Glenn. The Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies introduction was produced by Daniel J. Glenn and Paul Springers with music and sound design written and performed by Paul Springers. Now, of course, if you're listening to this episode and you've gotten this far, you're going to want to subscribe. Well, how do you do that? We're on all the major podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. But if you're not already subscribed to those platforms, I made it easy for you. Go to our website, ftriplegbt.com. You'll find links to those subscribe buttons and also links to our social media, both for the show and for our individual experts, the members of the Brain Trust. That's all right there ftriplegbt.com. And before you leave, don't forget to check out our other episodes. You can find the link at the top of the page for everything we've got, and you'll notice that we've got both a YouTube version and an audio-only version, depending on what you like. We got it for you, and if you do like those videos, you can go ahead and subscribe to those as well. We're on youtube.com backslash Daniel J. Glenn. And once again, if you like this show, you're going to like everything that I do. Go to DanielJGlenn.com to find out more. Thank you for listening.